Hello, gorgeous ladies. Welcome back to the show. Do I have an episode for you today? When my podcast producer episode, I can't talk today, edited this episode, she sent me a message saying how amazing it was. I had the opportunity to interview Miss Jamie Morocco. And Jamie is a body transformation coach who helps women achieve their dream body permanently using science, mindset, and energetics. She has coached hundreds of women in her programs and helped them achieve their dream bodies permanently. Her work has been featured in Pop Sugar, Insider, Univision, and Refinery. 29 and you guys are going to be blown away by our conversation. Today we're talking all things creating your dream body and dream life, how those two things are interconnected and some of the things that she says are just going to be that breakthrough moment for you. I know because some of the things that she said Even though I've been in the health and fitness industry now for almost nine years, were things that I had never heard. I love that she combines science, mindset, and energetics. She takes a very holistic approach to helping women create their dream bodies, but it is very much based in science. So without further ado, we're going to dive into this episode because it is so juicy, it is so good, and I don't want to wait another minute. Enjoy, you guys. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. You're here because you're a high-achieving woman that wants it all. The success, wealth, time freedom, and genuine joy in your life. Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm here to tell you, you can. You can have it all. But what is true wealth? It's not just money and achievements because success without happiness and fulfillment isn't success at all. Here, we're going to have conversations about creating a beautiful life alongside the success that you're striving for. If you want to create long-lasting success that's fully in alignment with the life you desire to live by working less, making more, and stepping into the version of yourself you've always wanted to be, then you're in the right place. Let's roll into today's episode. Hello, 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 you guys. I am so excited to have an incredible guest interview here with me today, Jamie Morocco. Jamie and I actually met in a container that we were both in through Melanie Ann Lair called the Alpha Femme Experience. And I was drawn to Jamie right from the beginning. We actually have quite a bit in common, whether she knows that or not. Um, We both uh, love health and fitness. If you're not familiar with my story, I got my start in entrepreneurship in health and fitness with a network marketing company. I have been obsessed with health and fitness for many, many years because weight and nutrition are something that I struggled with in my teen years and in my early 20s. And so we had that in common. We were experiencing quantum leaps in our lives at about the same time. You're going to hear 
that Jamie is very bold. I love her boldness. I love her confidence with which she speaks, with which she shares on social media. I love the fact that she is not scared to make controversial statements. And we're going to talk about that at the end of this episode. And I love how she talks about body transformation. So today we're really going to be talking about creating your dream body and how Jamie has done that, how she helps her clients do that. And she really takes a very holistic approach. It's very strongly based in science, but she also focuses heavily on energetics and mindset. So she touches all of the main areas of weight loss and of achieving your dream body. And I love that she has this just very well-rounded approach to helping women achieve their goals when it comes to health and fitness. So I'm going to bring her on. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm so excited and grateful to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. I have been waiting for this interview and for you to just impart your wisdom on my audience. So I thought we could begin with you just sharing a little bit about yourself and sharing your story and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, definitely. So growing up, I always felt like I was overweight. I didn't know how to eat healthy. Like I just like started to develop issues with my weight and health early on, like when I was, you know, seven or eight years old and from, you know, childhood up until I was around 18. So a young adult, I, I just never felt comfortable in my body and I would try different things to drop the weight and nothing I tried worked and I did not feel good in my body. Like it really impacted so many things. I was not, you know, performing well in school. I attracted like not the best friendships and relationships. Like I was just a really like depressed, you know, kid, um, because I felt so trapped in my body. So I turned 18. I got, you know, I went out to college. I went out to a college in Boston. I was living out in the city and um, I decided that this was really my opportunity to change my life and change my identity. So I started dropping weight and I was also going to school. I was majoring in entrepreneurship. I knew I wanted to own my own business one day, but I was really focused on like dropping the weight and getting healthy then what ends up happening is I kind of went on the other end of the spectrum and got a little too obsessed with working out and lost a little too much weight. Um, and then became a personal trainer and learned really about proper nutrition and, you know, workouts and, you know, really the way to do it sustainably. Um, then after college, I, you know, worked at a training studio and I taught fitness classes and worked with clients and, you know, I, I really loved what I was doing, but I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I decided to actually go back to school for my MBA. And I went to Babson, which is really well known for, for entrepreneurship. So I did an MBA program and I was still kind of unsure what I wanted to do. Um, and after my MBA program, I, you know, actually did an internship at, at Sephora in San Francisco. And that kind of launched me um, out in Silicon Valley. And I worked for various startups. And then, you know, in between, you know, my working at a startup, I I would also coach clients on the side. 
And um, being in Silicon Valley, it's a very um, up and down job market. It's really like tumultuous job market. So there's always layoffs. And in between layoffs, I actually started my online business. So in 2015, I started, you know, my online, you know, fitness and uh, nutrition coaching business. And then in 2016, I decided to go all in. And then I have been, you know, all in on my business since, uh, since 2016. So that's, you know, really my story and, and how I got to where I am today. Ah. Oh. I love that you knew from the beginning that you wanted to be in entrepreneurship and you went to school for that. Where did you go to school in Boston? Yeah, I went to Suffolk University for undergrad. Okay. Uh, Both of my sister-in-laws went to Boston College. So that's why I was wondering. I'm very familiar with the Boston area. But I love that you went to school for entrepreneurship and you kind of knew you wanted to do this for a long time. And even though you kind of got into other areas at times, you know, working in Silicon Valley for startups, you always knew this was your vision. And maybe you can share a little bit about how you really like leaped into starting your business. I know that's not like the main topic we're going to talk about today, but I think it would be great for my audience to hear because I know at one point you said you moved back in with your parents and you and your husband were both growing these businesses and you were making sacrifices to do that, knowing that it would pay off in the end. And I think that mentality is so important to have, whether you're in business or you're in fitness or in motherhood, you know, it's that like delayed gratification. So maybe you can just share briefly about that. Yeah, totally. So the way that I decided to go full-time in my business is I remember just working at this startup and I worked with great people and it was a great, you know, software product. And I really enjoyed, you know, what I was doing, but I felt unhappy because I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I want to have control of my schedule. I want to make an impact. I want to have something that's mine. And I've always been more of a risk taker. I've never really been a risk averse person. So I remember like just being really unhappy just at the job because I wanted to do my own thing. I had kind of, I was kind of at my wits end. And I said to Varun, who is now my husband, was my boyfriend at the time. I said, I'm going to give it two weeks. And like, if they don't fire me or like something doesn't happen in two weeks, like I'm out. And then two weeks later, I literally got laid off with like a bunch of other people. And I ended up, you know, getting a severance package, which started, helped me start my business. Um, So I decided like, I was not going to go back and work for anybody ever again. And I just had it in my mind that I was going to figure this out. And that was in June or July of 2016. And then Varun was also working at a software company, but he was also starting a business on the side. And that September, he was like, well, I'm, I need to go all in on my business. Like I've got to raise money, you know, because he, he was doing more of a, a, a tech product. So he was going more of a venture capital route and all of that. So he quit his job a few months later and we were living in this really expensive, you know, place in San Francisco. And we just looked at each other and we were like, we got to figure out what we're going to do because we can't sustain this lifestyle anymore. We've got to make some sacrifices. So his business actually took 
us out to uh, back to Boston. I'm originally from Boston. So he had some investor connections and, um, you know, relations in Boston. So we decided like, let's move in with my parents. And we thought it was going to be for three months and it turned out to be for three years. <laughs> so there I was, you know, 30 years old, Varun, you know, 33 or so at the time, literally like moving in with my parents on my 30th birthday, which I never thought would happen. Um, and yeah, we, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't have, we were not making money, you know, um, Varun self-funded his app for at least for the first few years. And I was self-funding my business. So we really had to make sacrifices in order to get to where we wanted to be. And Varun always uh, says like, we're, it's like, we're walking to a Ferrari, you know, it's like everyone else is like driving their, you know, BMW or their, you know, whatever car that, that they want to drive. And it's like, we're walking to to something better. So it might take us a little bit longer to get there. But when we get there, it's worth it. And you guys, they have gotten there. So <laughs> Jamie's business mul- now earns multi six figures every mm-hmm. single year. You guys are multimillionaires. You live in this gorgeous penthouse in Miami. So it was worth it, right? Like it can be so hard in those moments to hold that vision and to keep moving forward, knowing that's what you're meant for. But I, I just admire so much your journey and what you guys were willing to do to get yourselves where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's just like, we always just knew that if we kept going, um, that we were just destined to achieve like our goals. And it's even funny to reflect back now because like, even now, like, you know, that we have a beautiful home and like we've accumulated wealth and all this. It's like, we're, we're looking at that next level now, you know? So we're like, we're walking to a new, you know, Ferrari now. So it's just like a little, you know, I think that It's always about, and especially like to your listeners who kind of have that really entrepreneurial spirit, it's like, you're, you're always like in a way grateful for what you've created, but it's like, you're seeking that like next level and next layer. Yes. And that is not a bad thing, right? (laughs) We can be so grateful for where we're at and desire more all at the same time. So thank you for doing that little tangent with me. I really appreciate that. Let's dive into what you are actually here to talk about today, which is creating your dream body and life. Okay. So the first thing that Jamie's going to touch on is the fact that how we feel in our body affects how we show up in our life and business and how these two things are very intricately connected. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, my body, like achieving body alignment was the catalyst to everything else for me. So sometimes I'll say the line, which is, you know, I say a lot like my body made me a millionaire. And it's so true because I don't believe that I would have been able to create the life that I want, the wealth that I want, the success, get the relationship. I would have never been able to achieve all of this unless I felt good in my body. And I see it all the time where, you know, women will come to me and either like their body is the thing that's holding them back from the money, from the relationship, from the business. Um, or it'll be a situation where they feel like the body is the last piece. 
right? It'll, it'll feel like the body is the last piece. Like I have the business, I have the relationship, I have the money, I have it all, but the body is the last piece for me. So there is such an interconnectedness between body and success, in my opinion, because if you do not feel good in your body, how can you possibly show up as your best self, right? How can you show up in your power, if you're constantly thinking about food and about hiding, you know, in your clothes and about avoiding the speaking event or the vacation or the pictures, if you're constantly worried about like, how am I going to look like, what am I going to eat? Is this going to make me gain weight or is this bad or is this good? So when you feel good in your body, you just shine so brightly and you really attract those experiences and things into your life with a lot more ease because you're fully integrated, right? And I actually work with a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs. I work with healers and psychics and, you know, women who do this type of energy work spend a lot of times in more of the like etheric realms, right? The more spiritual realms, the astral realms. But it's like they they're so good at that part of the body, but they're not as integrated into the physical. And once they get integrated into the physical, it's like so many more of their gifts come through because at the end of the day, like we can talk about energetics all day long, but we're still living in a 3D body and living a 3D experience. So we can't bypass how we feel, you know, and I think there's so much talk these days about like body positivity and like, you know, health at every size. And and my take on this is every woman has to do what feels good for her. But if we're trying to shame people into trying to get them to believe that if they want to release weight or if they want to change their body, it doesn't, it means they don't love themselves. I think that's very, very toxic, right? Every woman has a right to achieve what is going to feel good for her. And I really think, Lauren, I think that this year and in the years to come, I think a lot of women are going to start to realize that they maybe bypassed how they really felt in their body. And they try to convince themselves that they did not feel good and that they're slowly realizing, wait a second, what would life be like if I released the weight that didn't serve me or if I worked on my relationship with food? I think they're going to start to see the possibility that exists because I will be the first to tell you that if you don't feel comfortable in your body and you feel like you're holding on to excess weight that you don't want to hold on to, it will change your life. There's no getting around it. You know, I hear people say all the time, like, oh, like, losing weight or changing your body, it really won't change your life. And I am like, no, it, it, it actually will. It will change everything because you're living in your body. And when you feel good and you feel confident, you radiate and attract the things that you desire with so much more ease. Because like I said, you're not operating at that frequency of like self-loathing or, you know, a lack of uh, self-confidence you're operating at that frequency of possibility and wonder and awe of life I love that you really focus on how you feel right like whatever body you feel you're very best in it's not about looking a certain way or fitting a certain mold but what feels best for each person and recognizing that different bodies feel best for different women, right? We all have this ideal in our minds and they're all very different. And 
it's all about you just living into what your ideal is and what you feel best in. And I completely agree with you. We show up differently when we feel great. You Mm. cannot deny this as a woman. If you have a bad hair day, you cannot tell me that that does not affect you. (laughs) Like when you're having a great hair day and your skin is glowing and your makeup is great and you're wearing an outfit that you love, you feel more confident. And when you feel confident, you show up differently. You show up differently in your relationships. You show up differently as a parent. You show up differently in your career or your business. So I think it's so important that you really highlight that, that your body does affect your life and other areas of your life, whether you want it to or not, I think it does for everyone. And so why not do the work to feel your absolute best, whatever that looks like for you, so that we can get on with everything else. Exactly. And and it's such a good point because it's like, as women, we kind of get like the short end of the stick from both sides. Like we have society and what some people might call diet culture telling us that there's a certain shape and a certain look. And I don't think that's right. But then it's like, we have the other end of the spectrum. That's also trying to tell us like, how, you know, that we shouldn't care about our body and that if we do, we're vain and we don't love ourselves and we're fat phobic or whatever. And it's like, the answer is really somewhere in the middle and it lies with what feels good for you. And instead of telling women what they should or shouldn't be doing with their body, we just need to empower them to decide. Yes. Amen. (laughs) I completely agree. Just like everything else, there's so much gray. Like it's not black or white. You guys, if I've learned anything in my years, which I'm not shy about saying that I'm 37, I'm going to be 38 this year. I've got some years under my belt these days. It's that there's so much gray. Really, nothing is black and white. And when we decide to come to the middle, that's when we're going to find the solutions that we really desire that empower every single woman. So your body affects your life. Your body affects your business, whether you want it to or not, it really does. And it's about how you feel. It's not necessarily about looking a certain way, but it's about how you feel about yourself. Now, the second thing Jamie wanted to dive into is how to achieve your goal weight in a way that feels Good. And I know that all of the ladies listening are like, tell me, tell me, tell me, because I want to feel good in this process. And so many women, especially from the generation we've grown up in with diet culture, look at achieving their goal weight as something that is going to be painful and restrictive. And so I would love to hear you elaborate on this. Yes. And this is something I, I am obsessed with teaching because it really does flip everything that most people have heard completely on its head. Um, so as we mentioned before, I, I teach uh, body transformation through the lens of science mindset and energetics. So I combine science-based strategies along with mindset and, and energy work. And I really believe it's so important to teach women the science behind body transformation, because 
when we can understand the science and we understand the process, then dropping weight or achieving our goals no longer becomes a big mystery. And because we have been fed just so many different things with so much misinformation, like carbs are bad or don't eat at night or women should intermittent fast, just all stuff that really has no benefit and, and in some cases can actually be detrimental. It's created a lot of confusion. And the women, I always say like the reason why most women hate the scale, it, it's not because of the scale. It's because they feel they don't know how to make it behave in the way they want it to behave. And what we do with that, right? It's like in business, like if you're not making the sales that you want, it's not that you hate sales. It's that the you need to understand the process behind it and what it's going to take, right? So I always teach people first and foremost, the science of body transformation, which I'll give you a taste of right now. So in order to get the body to release weight, there is one thing that's the most important thing. And without this one thing, nothing else matters. And that one thing is creating a deficit of energy or what people call a calorie deficit. Now people hear the word calories and they freak out and they're like, oh my God, calories because there's so much activation and triggering that happens there. And I get it, but calories are really just a measurement of energy. And what happens is if your body is eating too many calories, the body is going to store that excess weight. Okay. It's going to store the excess food as weight. If you eat less calories than your body burns, then your body starts to turn to its own tissue and it utilizes that for fuel. And that's how the body releases weight. And this is so important for people to understand because I'll hear people tell me like, I'm eating so clean. I gave up sugar. I gave up alcohol. I gave up gluten. And I'm like, that that's great, you know, but you could be eating too much avocado and kale. And if it's too much avocado and kale, the body has not received the signal. So I always tell people this because it's so important. It's like, we cannot move past this step until we understand this at its fundamental level. You must be in a consistent calorie deficit in order to shed weight. Now, people will hear calorie deficit and they'll be reminded of the time they did the 1200 or 1300 or 900 calorie diet. Now, what I also tell people is that unless you're very advanced or an athlete or doing some sort of really extreme um, show or something like that, you really don't wanna take an aggressive approach. For most people, when they start their body transformation journey, they actually need to be eating as much as they can while the body is still releasing weight. And the reason for this is because the body will, the metabolism, that's how your body burns through food and energy, will adjust down. So if you're somebody that is, let's say, 180 pounds and you want to get down to 140 pounds, you, and if you start out eating something like 1200 calories a day, which is a very small amount of food, you might be able to get through the first 20 pounds uh, of releasing the weight. But what happens when your body has hit a plateau because it's adjusted to the amount of food that you're eating and you've got to bring yourself down to 800, right? Things can get very dangerous. And this is where we start to see things like hormonal issues, women losing their hair, all sorts of crazy, undesirable side effects happen what we do inside of my program from a science perspective is I keep somebody's food intake as high as we possibly can while the body is dropping weight. I have ladies that are dropping weight, eating 
1700, 1900, 2000 calories a day, and their body's releasing weight and doing so with ease and consistency without having to go very extreme. So at a fundamental level, this is the most important thing. And the beautiful thing about understanding the science behind body transformation, which at its core comes down to, you know, releasing weight via a, a calorie deficit is you can make any food work for you in the right context. So I preach about a principle called the 80-20 rule, which is not something that I came up with, but I think it's brilliant. And essentially the 80-20 principle means that like 80% of the time, yeah, we should be eating nutrient dense foods like our veggies and our fruits and our proteins and, you know, all of those things. And 20% of the time we have our soul foods. So I call the 80% cell foods and the 20% soul foods. And as long as you are within a deficit of calories, you know, over a, a period of time, you're still going to be shedding weight, even if you eat a piece of chocolate cake, even if you eat a piece of chocolate cake at 11 o'clock at night, this is how you're able to enjoy the foods that you love in a way that really, really supports your goals. And, you know, I work with a lot of clients because we're talking about achieving, you know, your dream body in a way that feels good for you. I have a lot of clients that travel. I have a lot of clients that uh, they have, you know, certain health experiences. They're not able to work out much. The beautiful thing about body transformation, the science of it is it's, it's primarily controlled through nutrition. So even with my ladies who, you know, they had a, if they had a surgery or an injury and they're not able to work out, we can still signal the body to drop weight based off of the food they're eating and the amount more specifically. And then with my ladies who, who travel a lot, you know, cause a lot of times I'll hear from people and maybe your listeners can relate. Like I travel so much. I have to wait till things calm down. It's like, things are not going to calm down. You've got to learn how to trust yourself around food again. And, and your body has to learn, you know, to trust you again. <laughs> right. So it's really about like, coming to the conclusion that you can trust yourself around food and the body. So the way I work with clients and what we do is like, you know, once they understand, you know, the amount of food and the quality of food and, and how that food affects their body composition goals, then when they're on vacation or they go out to eat, they're able to take a more flexible um, approach and still either maintain their results or continue to drop weight because the principles remain the same, which is an energy deficit and paying attention to the amount. So I really believe, you know, in working with a woman's, um, not only her body from a bio-individual level, but her lifestyle, her psyche, um, her energy, everything has to be customized because every single person is different. But if, like I said, if you can get the, the number one signal down and you start to really understand that and you start to understand like these things like intermittent fasting, uh, nutritional ketosis, uh, low carb, um, low fat, once you understand that there really is no scientific proof for their advantage when it comes to releasing weight, which there is no proof of this. Um, once we understand that and we understand the fundamentals and we stop trying to overcomplicate, we realize that the body transformation process is, is not as hard and mysterious as we've been led to believe. I have so much to say 
<laughs> Number one, you guys need to go follow Jamie. I will make sure that I include her Facebook and her Instagram links in the show notes. She is so fun to follow. She shares scientific studies. And I love that everything you talk about is so heavily based in science. And we're going to talk about controversial things that you say here at the end of the episode. But a lot of that is based and backed by science, too. So she shares a lot of science, uh, scientific um, studies that back what she's talking about. She'll share things she's eating. And you guys are going to be blown away because I know, like, I remember you sharing one time on Instagram. I think it was like a few days in a row you were having chocolate cake and it looked so good and she just shares the best stuff and it's so fun to follow her she makes super bold statements that you're gonna love so make sure you go follow her but you should be nodding your head right now I know when you were talking about eating as much as you possibly can while still dropping weight. I hope every single one of you that is listening to this is like, yes, please. Yes, please. Because that's so opposite of what we were taught, right? It's so opposite of what society told us we had to do. And I know so many of you that have struggled with weight loss and achieving your dream body have done is gone to the extreme. It's so common, especially when we begin like a health and fitness journey to say, I'm giving up all of the things, right? I'm giving up alcohol, sugar, carbs, everything. And I'm going to hit the gym five times a week. And that really just isn't sustainable for most people over the long term. And thus they're setting themselves out up for failure from the beginning. So I love that you talked about really not taking an aggressive approach, keeping that food intake as high as you possibly can. And I know you're a huge proponent of walking. If you follow Jamie, you'll see she talks about walking being one of the best modalities for permanent weight loss. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, that's what I meant. Like everything gets turned on its head. Like in my world, at least, because I think we've been, we've been sold a fast way to lose weight, but that's also why 97% of people gain it back because it's not sustainable because from a biological level, you are actually putting the body in a prime place to rebound and gain a bunch of weight. And there's just so much wrong with the dieting industry And unfortunately, they take advantage of the fact that it's a lot easier to retain a current client than it is to acquire new ones. So a lot of the, you know, programs out there are unfortunately, they know that you're going to gain the weight back and they're banking on it. Um, And yeah, like walking, like eating a lot and walking, throw in some weight training and, you know, you're, you're going to hit your goal with, with consistency. And obviously mindset is the most important and knowing how to shift things, which is where coaching can come into play, but but it's like not as arduous as we've been led to believe. And that is just like the biggest breath of fresh air because we're all super busy. Right. And like, that's one of people's biggest excuses when it comes to, weight loss or achieving their dream body is I don't have the time. And it really, what Jamie's saying is it really doesn't take a lot of extra time. 
right? It doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. And you're going to feel so good, you know, and that then you're going to see the results of it. And it's just going to make you so happy. And then, you know, it's like not even going to matter. Right. It's, I think that's the biggest thing, but realizing you don't have to spend hours in the day working out or meal prepping. Like I hate meal prepping. A lot of my clients don't cook. Like you don't even need to do that. You know, it's, it's awesome. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about mindset. We've now talked about science. Let's talk about energetics. I know you wanted to touch on the energetics of food and eating, and I'm pretty sure this is a concept that a lot of my listeners have probably never considered or heard before. So I will hand it over to you to explain what the energetics of food and eating really means. Yes, this is like one of my favorite things to talk about. So in my research, you know, as I was looking, cause I, I studied, um, I'm a personal trainer and I'm a nutrition coach. I'm, I'm also a nutritional therapy practitioner. And when I was studying nutritional therapy, which is also known as holistic nutrition, I spent a lot of time looking at ancient traditions and I came across, um, several p- pieces of literature that suggested that the original intention for saying a prayer over food had it had two purposes the first purpose was to get the body into a state of gratitude and the reason why this is so important is because from a science perspective when we eat in a state of stress our metabolism can actually downregulate up to 30%, which is a very large amount. And when we eat in a state of pleasure and gratitude, the opposite effect happens and our metabolism is optimal and can even increase. So the first, you know, intention for saying a prayer over food was to get this body, your body into a state of receivership or gratitude. Now, the second intention, which I kind of, as I was reading, I remember this was my interpretation and I really believe it, that the, the the saying a prayer over food not only gets the body into a state of gratitude, but you're actually affecting the molecular structure of the food. And I remember like coming to that conclusion as I was reading through this stuff and I was like, wait a second. And then I started to remember, and maybe some of your, um, your listeners know about this and I'll explain it. The work of Dr. Emoto and what Dr. Emoto did is he was a researcher who studied the effects of words, thoughts, music, and writing on water. And what he would do is he would take these Petri dishes and fill them with water and separate them into two groups, a positive group and a negative group. And in the positive group, he would like say nice things to the water, or he would write nice things, or he would think nice things. And the negative group, he did the opposite. And if you go and you Google Dr. Emoto images, you'll see what I mean. But essentially, the positive group, it didn't matter if he was thinking it or saying it or he wrote it on the Petri dish. In the positive group, the crystalline structure of the the Petri dishes of the water, everything was perfect and orderly and pretty. And then all of the Petri dishes in the negative group, and again, it didn't matter if it was just a thought or if it was a written word or if it was spoken, the crystal structures of the water was all chaotic and messy. And that to me just further illustrates how a human being's thoughts, emotions, 
words, whether written or spoken, can impact our reality. And, you know, food is mostly water. Our body is mostly water. Why wouldn't we be able to impact the molecular structure of the food that we are eating, you know, with our thoughts and feelings before we eat? And this is where I really, then I, then what I started to do is I started to think about the people in my life who had seemingly never had an issue with food before ever. And we all have like these people in our life, right? At least like one or two of them. And it would be easy to say, oh, it's their genetics. But the truth about, and and really what's coming out more and more about the study of genes, which is called epigenetics, is that it's really our environment, both internal and external, that influence our genes, our internal environment being our thoughts and feelings. So is it really their genetics or is it their thoughts and feelings about their body? Anyways, if you look at the people who have seemingly never had a relation, a bad relationship with food, or if they've never had an issue with their weight, watch how they eat. Now I can say with 99% certainty that these people who just can eat whatever they want and they never worry about food or their weight, they pretty much always eat in a state of pleasure. Food is their friend. I I don't think we've ever seen them be feel guilty. Oh my God, I'm going to gain weight. What's going to happen? And there's something to be said about that. You know, imagine what happens if you sit down to eat and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, I'm going to gain weight. This is so bad for me. I shouldn't be eating this. You're literally creating a self-fulfilling prophecy before that food has even entered your mouth. And, you know, I I know a lot of your um, listeners are are into the energetics and into the mindset of things. And like the women that I've talked to, because like I said, I work with a lot of really spiritual women and they've never, they've never even thought about having these concepts translate over to food, but it's so important and it's so possible and it's so true, you know, even if let's say, for example, so going back to this idea of like saying a prayer or affirmation over food, let's say that you say, you know, a prayer or affirmation, but you don't actually believe it right? Which is part of the energetic equation. It's not enough sometimes to just say something. We've got to get our heart behind it because our our heart actually has an electromagnetic charge, a stronger one than our brain does. And if we just think about a prayer affirmation, but we don't actually believe it, or we're not getting our feeling, our emotion, our heart behind it, then it's not really doing anything for us. So this is really a silver bullet and going to be a silver bullet for a lot of, you know, the women out there who are listening, who do struggle with their weight in their body. And they feel like no matter what they're doing, nothing's working. Look at who you're being when you're eating. Look at who you're being. Okay. You guys, this is just, <laughs> this is so spot on because we've talked so much on this podcast about the power of our thoughts, our beliefs, our feelings, our emotions, and our identity. And that is what Jamie is talking about. It is universal. It applies to everything. And I've I've talked about Dr. Moto's water studies, and it makes so much sense. And I love that you talked about eating with gratitude versus eating with stress and how that scientifically changes things, right? Like I I can't reiterate enough how these two things are interconnected, how your feelings and emotions can create scientific changes in your body. They can create chemical reactions, 
right? And so often we just, we don't consider any of that. Or we think it's like woo-woo, you know, like, oh, that's woo-woo. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but how we feel and our state of being is so incredibly powerful. And I love that Jamie really incorporates this into her programs because I truly believe this is a huge missing link in the health and fitness industry is really mindset and energetics and belief and the impact that that has. It's not just about strategy, right? Like strategy is actually, like you said, like the easiest part. Exactly. It is. It really is. It's That's usually when somebody has a strategy, it's usually not the problem. It's who they're being, which is why you know, I can teach people how to look at calories and work out all day long, but, but that's not what the issue is. You know, it's, it's this, it's this stuff. So, 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 so good. I hope you guys are just soaking this all up. So we're going to wrap this up with something that I thought would be really fun. I've mentioned that Jamie is bold. She's confident. She says some controversial things on social media, which I love about her. So I actually went back through her Facebook and I wrote down a couple of the more controversial things she said over the past, I don't know, a few months. And I asked her if I could just say these and get her her take on it. So we're going to do a quick rapid fire here. The first one I wrote, which you actually mentioned earlier that you've said is my body made me a millionaire. Can you just quick elaborate on that one? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I just... I don't know what kind of life I would be living right now if I had not lost the weight. I don't think I would be a very happy person. I don't even know if I would have made it through college. Um, my my Losing the weight changed everything for me. So I would not be in this position had I not dropped the weight and kept it off. Okay, number two. I don't know if this is exactly what you said, but you said something on the lines of vanity is what made you want to lose the weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to look hot. I wanted to feel hot. I wanted to wear cute clothes. Vanity was the main driver behind my weight loss initially. And I think that vanity can can be a great motivator to begin. I think that, you know, as you go, you're going to have to heal and you're going to have to find peace with yourself because van- just vanity will not take you all the way there and, and allow you to stay there. You've got to really do the work on self-love and acceptance. But, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, you can't lose weight and, you know, it can't come from vanity. And I'm like, yes, you can. Like, it can be a great way to start your journey, but do understand that you've got to find yourself along the way, because if you don't, you're going to have a very hard time maintaining your results. I think that that resonated so much, so much with me because that was the initial reason I wanted to lose weight also. And I think, many women can probably relate to that, but they just don't want to say it, right? Like, because we get bashed for saying that, you know, we're, we're vain. We, you need some deeper reason why, which I love that you dive into that. And that really goes into identity and mindset and shadow work and all of those things that I know are included in your programs. But Vanity can be a good thing. And I know when I read that from you, I was like, yep, 
I agree. <laughs> I felt the same way. I love it. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that it's probably true for most women. Like you said, they just don't, they just feel wrong for saying it and they shouldn't, you know, so. So the next one, I know this one caused quite a stir, but recently you said that Diet Coke doesn't make you gain weight. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably my most controversial, Lauren. Um, (laughs) So here's the thing. Um, Diet soda has zero calories in it. Diet soda has never been the reason for anybody's weight gain. And I think this hit such a chord with people because diet soda does have chemicals in it. But if people only knew the amount of chemicals they were exposed to on a daily basis, for example, the baby carrots that you eat, no matter how organic they are, they've been bleached in chlorine because that's how you make baby carrots. Okay. Our skincare, our water, even if it's bottled, then the plastic. I mean, there's just so many things. And I think that it's unavoidable that we're going to come into contact with chemicals. Now, I'm not saying drink six glasses of diet soda a day, but what I wanted people to understand is that it doesn't make you gain weight. And in my opinion, it's bad. I believe I'd rather take the chemical over the sugar, you know, any day, not that sugar is bad, but I, I, you know, if you, if you don't mind the diet soda, it's a better choice. Save your sugar for your cupcake, not your, not your drink, you know? So I think that it just caused such a stir with people because it really hit that, it really hit that nerve because people want to really make it wrong that like we shouldn't be taking in chemicals when it's like take any packaged food item, take your baby carrots, take, you know, probably your sunscreen and all the other stuff that you're using. You're, you're coming into contact with chemicals. So people really have to pick their, you know, pick their best poison and, and trust that if they're doing most things in a healthy way that the body can handle some diet soda. So, oh my God, that was a good one. That was such a good one. And I know too, you elaborated on that with talking about how, you know, oftentimes when people are drinking soda, they're not eating super healthy foods. And that can be a reason for weight gain, you know, we tend to eat certain types of foods together. (laughs) Exactly. Like if you're going to McDonald's, like I used to do this, I would go to McDonald's and order like a bunch of stuff, but I would order a diet soda and thought somehow that would make it okay. Like that would make it better, you know? Um, But like I said, it's really caloric intake. That's going to be the main driver of weight loss gain or maintenance. That's really what it is. Okay, last one. And you alluded to this earlier, but I'll just quote the entire post. You said 2023 is going to be the year many women realized they were spiritually bypassing how they really felt in their body in order to fit in with anti-diet culture. Shaming women for wanting to achieve their own version of health and radiance is just as bad as diet culture shaming women for not fitting a certain body type. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think that, you know, it's really, especially if, as I've explored platforms like TikTok, um, and so far none of my videos have ended up on the side of TikTok where this might really hit a nerve with people, but what TikTok and, and platforms like it have done is really just opened my eyes to just how much people really want to defend their position about 
how another woman should treat her body. And I have a very big problem with that. And I think what starts to happen is you have a woman who feels uncomfortable in her body. She's tried things. They haven't worked. And then she hears all of this, you know, talk about how if you want to lose weight, you don't love your body, just accept yourself as it is and and all of this. And then, you know, she starts to believe that, but she doesn't really feel that deep down. And I think, like I said, I really believe this year and beyond is really, we're going into an era where I believe it's about self-empowerment and self-decision. You will never, ever hear me say anything like, you know, um, everybody who's clinically obese should lose weight or you should be doing this. I will never tell another, another person what she should or shouldn't do with her body. And when people say, you know, what should my weight be or what should I, I'm like, I will never tell you that you've got to figure out what that means to you, but I will always push people to make their own decisions. You know, and it's interesting to Lauren because sometimes I'll get a little bit of backlash because of the way that I look and people will say, well, you're promoting, you know, a certain size, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just living my life. <laughs> like, this is just what I look like. And I, I worked hard to get here. And this is just what feels good for me. And no way am I trying to say that another person should be like that. So it's just interesting how the collective mind of people tends to believe that just because someone looks a certain way that they're promoting it. You know, I really think, like I said, we've got to really empower people to make their own decisions about what feels good for their body and not make them feel wrong for that. I completely agree. I feel like as women, we get shamed either way. <laughs> like it, it, it's almost gotten to be a no win scenario. You know, it seems like we get shamed either way. We're either too fit and too skinny or we're not fit and skinny enough. And I I just agree with you 100% that it's really about how you feel and what feels best for you. And when you get to a place where you feel really good, it's it's rather easy to maintain where you're at. Would you agree? <laughs> 100%. Because you know, you you've done the the work. If you've done like like I said, if you've done the physical work and you've also done the mental work and the embodiment piece, it is. It is relatively easy. I think we need more women who feel good in their body and who are not afraid to say that and not afraid to say, yeah, I feel hot. I feel comfortable in a bathing suit. Like I feel like I can walk into any store and pick something off the rack. Whatever size they are, it doesn't matter because it's about an inner feeling. We need more women who say that and claim it, you know, because it's true. I, I have women come to me all the time who are just afraid to even admit it to me that they want to, you know, achieve a certain aesthetic because, um, they feel like it makes them vain. So I completely agree with you. Yes. Hallelujah. So we are wrapping up, but I know you have a freebie that you wanted to give these ladies that are listening. And so I'm going to include that in the show notes, you guys, five signals for permanent fat release. And Jamie, could you just let everyone know how to find you and how they can work with you? Absolutely. Feel free to just add me as a friend or follow me on Facebook. 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram, on TikTok. It's just my name, Jamie Morocco. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and I will definitely um, provide the link for my free guide. Um, I think you'll find it really insightful and helpful. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. I have absolutely loved this conversation, everything that we talked about. I know this is going to be so useful for the women that are listening. And I just adore you. I love following you. And I'm I'm a big fan. <laughs> thank you so much. And I'm so grateful to be here. And thank you so much for having me. Okay, you guys, that is it for today. We will talk to you at our next episode. Bye. Okay, you wealthy woman, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple, but I didn't know how to do it at the beginning either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, find this show, The Wealthy Woman, scroll down, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I would love you so much for taking the time to do this. In all honesty, the reviews are what help the podcast get into the hands of other women desiring to create true wealth and manifest their dream lives. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.